Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you are listening, and welcome to Thailand. How are you doing? Hopefully you've had a nice week recovering from our fantastic Natalie Weiss episode last week. Whoa! That was an exciting one. Uh, joined with me, of course, I'm Jesney Fawkes Porter. To my right is Jordan Donnelly. Schneedleschnoff. And even further to my right is Abby O'Neill. Hi. How are we doing, guys? Good. Oh, yeah. Is that all you're going to give me? Yeah. yeah. Are we a little bit trepidatious? A little bit nervous? A bit of anticipation? I am nervous. now that I know kind of what the um, the risks are. Uh, if you are <laughs> wondering what was going to happen, we're going to start the episode with the uh, Sprite Challenge today. The TikTok challenge in which we all try and drink a full bottle of Sprite without burping. 70 I calories already, of entertainment. I already know I'm going to have two mouthfuls and that'll be it for me. Mm, that's not what you've said before. Shall we, uh, <laughs> let's give it a go. So let's, let's get these open on. The can we, can we get the fizz on, yeah. Mike? Yeah. Ready? Three, two, one. Oh. Jordan seemed like the most... Uh, that little pop. Jordan's was the most fervent there, I think. chaotic, yeah. <laughs> we shook Jordan's up before. Right. Yeah. extra fizzy. Uh, and also, I'm just going to quickly Ooh, reintroduce this again. For, I'm just going to reintroduce this again for the, uh, the video as well. Hello, we are the host of the Tight Lads podcast, and this is the Sprite Challenge. Let's go. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> I'm barely even like a, a quarter through. <laughs> They'll just be able to hear us going glug, glug, glug. Oh, God. How are we getting on? Halfway. Halfway. <coughs> I feel like the birth. You sound like you're enjoying that, Chesney. Failure. <laughs> 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 All right, that's Chesney down. <laughs> I got just below the label. (laughs) (laughs) So Abby is just below the label now. She's at my point of failure. I'm struggling. This must be a great audio for the listeners at home. Jordan, where are we? Jordan's just below the label. Oh no, it doesn't feel good. I'm not going to lie. It feels great letting it out. Abby is... Having a small meltdown in the corner. <laughs> the mouthfuls are getting smaller. <laughs> oh, I, I think it's actually better to just go for a big plug. This doesn't feel good. <sighs> I believe in you guys. Oh, it hurts. <laughs> You've done so much better than me. They're really not taking big mouthfuls anymore. I think mm. bite the bullet. Just get, just go for a glug. H- huge glug there from both of them. My stomach feels like it's going to explode. I know why it will feel good. <sighs> We're probably at the same point, roughly. I'd say. Yeah, just about. Okay. Oh god. I say they've both got about a quarter of the <laughs> bottle left. Jordan is aiming to the finish. Oh, I can feel something happening. <laughs> 
A sixth of the bottle left for Jordan. Abby's still on that quarter. Abby's rubbing her legs. <laughs> I'm comforting myself. Oh, there was a burp from Abby. There was a little burp. And Jordan finishes the bottle. With no burp. Are you going to let anything out? Or is <laughs> Welcome to the Tight Lads podcast. Did I did I complete the challenge? Yeah, you did. God, great work. Call me. Slightly re- reset ourselves after that. Rub my back. I need to be winded. <laughs> like a wee baby. <laughs> God, right. That was possibly the most chaotic start we ever had to the show. I'm winding her. There's a bit. you, you, yeah, you, on, you only let out a very small little thing yeah, there. Yeah, the rest is bubbling. There's something on its way. I don't know uh, what that'll be like um, audio-wise to listen to. Amazing. But you're welcome. Maybe just we'll just cut out all the silence all and just go to the burps. <laughs> that burp was silly. It was yeah. silly. Right, well. <laughs> 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 if you have managed to make it through that, well done. Uh, and we have a little, uh, a little treat great, for no? you. Let's look at a little great. detox. I love it. <laughs> We've got a, uh, a treat for you coming up. Next month, <gasps> are we excited? <laughs> 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 not you may have seen, if you follow our social media pages, that on the 22nd of May, Tight Lads Live returns to the Phoenix Arts Club. Woo! In the heart of London's West End. In the heart of London. West End stars. Do you know what I have noticed is that every single concert that happens in Central London is in the heart of London's West End. If you're, yeah, if you're within, oh, there she goes. Yeah, you could be in kind of like the outskirts. You could be in Kent, but it's still the heart of the, the heart West of End. London's West End. Yeah, yeah. But we are back at the Phoenix Art Club underneath the Phoenix Theatre for Tight Lads Live Two. We are so so excited. It is going to be longer, louder, and live. Uh, New guests. New guests. We've got the returning Tim Whiting, which we're very, very excited about. But then we have two brand new guests, Jordan. Yes, we have a um, friend of the podcast, Neve Donnelly. Friend of the pod, Neve Donnelly. Friend of the pod. And we also have West End star, Jana Boyd. Also friend of the podcast. Also friend of the friend podcast. Of the podcast. Personal yeah. friend of the tight lads, Jenna Personal Boyd. Personal friend of the tight lads, yeah. And um, on her day off, she's still being made to uh, come to the Phoenix. Just her, her daily commute on her off day. Yeah. <laughs> to do um, a wee show. We are genuinely so, so excited. It's going to be an amazing night. If you came to our last show, you sort of know what to expect, but we've got even more stuff planned. It's going to be fantastic. And if you want to get your tickets, head to any uh. of our... Bu- <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sorry. Head to any of our bios or just Google Phoenix Arts Club and you will find it. It's on the 22nd of May and it's going to be fan. Fantastic. And there will be an interval this time, so you have, a, you have so a chance to go for a wee pedal and get a wee drink. Or run off and get a takeaway and come back. Oh, yeah. Now, that's all of the preamble out of the way. A pretty a pretty lengthy preamble to start with. We're yeah. going to have a bit of a... Oh, God, <laughs> oh, I really God. don't feel good. Abby's going to have a terrible episode. <laughs> we are going to have a bit of a theatre chat. Uh, we're going to start off talking about Heathers. Now, I know we talk about Heathers quite a lot. 
on this We show. have milked that poor show for all it's worth. But so I think for the first time ever, in, in a sense, we're kind of going to be critiquing something about it. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. Looking at it. Looking at the sort of in situation that's going on with Heather's at the moment in the sense that it seems that they don't have enough cast. Or they've got a, uh, a rotating amount of cast members. I guess it's one of those situations where you can look at it in two ways. You can look at it like they don't have enough cast or you can look at it as they're a, such an adaptable cast that they're able to still put their show on. Because, for example, like the Waitress tour... They had to cancel their first Oxford show this week because of COVID, um, because of illness. And they obviously just ran through all their covers because they're, I think it's the second cover or third cover, Jenna went on and then now she has COVID. So now they literally can't have the show. Whereas Heather's, I feel like anyone could play any part in the show and they're just going to, they're going to make it work. They're, they're not, mm. they're not going to close unless they really have to so it's kind of you can flip it both ways is it a good thing or is it a bad thing i think the question that needs to be asked is not whether everybody in the show can play the roles it's whether that should be happening yeah because we to the best of my knowledge heathers don't have swings is that right it's or off stage swings. so they didn't used to have swings but now what seems to be the case is that all ensemble members are paid a swing fee. Yeah. But and they all have like an emergency cover. Yeah, but the thing with the interesting thing about that is that even though they're all technically being paid a swing fee, they still aren't going on for the Well, no, I don't think it's not that they're going on. I think like May Tether, friend of the podcast, um, May has not went on for she covers Veronica, but she hasn't went on for one of the other Heathers. But I think that's because whatever way the show, whatever situation the show was left in, she was literally the only female ensemble member. Yeah. yeah. So I think because it's such a small cast as well, even though all the ensemble technically are swings, they still need to be on the ensemble because otherwise they literally no would not be on ensemble. Yeah. But there's no offstage swings to my no. knowledge. No. So is it a case that they need a bigger ensemble and more covers or mm. would that would that work for the show? Especially at somewhere like the Other Palace, it's not the biggest of stages. Yeah, I feel like if it was still at the Haymarket, maybe they could justify like Having extra cast. and Yeah. Because this is the issue as well with um, another show that's going through it quite a lot with um, But I'm a Cheerleader. Mm-hmm. Which is they've had a lot of illness, haven't they? Basically, it seems that they're getting in people every single day to come on and do a show for a day and mm. then and then leave and again. And the Footloose tour as well. They yeah. had yeah. people like learning. There's a two or three people that have learned Chuck on the day and done that that yeah. show. Yeah. So just so we're not singling out any any no, individual like shows it, or anything I guess, like that. Like I said, like it. I guess it depends on the show. And it's at the moment because COVID is still a thing. It's like the show either yeah. sinks or swims, and it feels like maybe Heather's is lucky uh, it just seems like to the actors yeah it just feels like this week alone i think like emma kingston's been back yeah kaylee mcknight's been back hannah lyther has been on for a track she doesn't necessarily cover yeah there's just this week in particular it does feel like it's been like a swinging door of and i wonder like how the actors feel about that themselves like if they were because i don't think someone would I don't think if I was in that position, I would say 
yeah, I'll do it if I wasn't 100% sure that I could do that part. Uh, well, I think Hannah did say that on Twitter. Yeah, Because yeah, I, I think I people, people were critiquing kind of how the shows ran and were coming to the conclusion that, like, it's... Um, what's the right word, kind of like a toxic work environment or they're not treated right. Mm-hmm. But Hannah kind of took to Twitter and was like, we are paid to do this. Yeah. Um, I think it's because she isn't just, she isn't like the primary swing or cover for Heather Duke. That's mm-hmm. why people kind of kicked off a bit. I guess it's, it is the same as with, with any job. If someone's not there, it might not be your job to cover them, but someone's got to do it. Mm. If you work as a, at a restaurant and one person's section isn't being covered because someone's not there. You don't just go, sorry, I can't do it. Mm. I'm, I'm not part. You have to do it. So it's just one of those things where if there isn't an offstage swing or there isn't somebody there to do it, people, I guess it is part of your job yeah. to try and step up. Do you think people generally are just getting sick more these days? Because even if it's not COVID related, I feel like with every show, there's... As their covers are on constantly and with like yeah. sex as well. Yeah. Sex is like it's constant alternates and constant What I actually think it is, is that the industry is getting slightly more accepting of being sick. Because yeah. yeah. there before COVID, there was such and I think there still is to an extent, but there was such a stigma around being sick or not, not doing being able to go, week. Yeah. not yeah. being able to go on like if, if even if you were on death's door there was a badge of honor in going in and completing mm. your show whereas i do think now coming out of this sort of pandemic world i think there is a slight more acceptance in oh if you're not mentally ready for this or if you're not physically well enough you can stay yeah. off mm. i just feel like pre-covid the stories about like oh they ran out of covers and they had mm. to they were like really, really, really rare extreme. stories. Like you get but those stories were... of um the woman that worked at the arts theatre who was a front of house yeah. star yeah, that yeah. went on. And they were quite rare, but they were exciting. Like I remember they flew Desi Oakley over, who's an American actress who had done the US national tour of Waitress, but she hadn't done the part in, I think, over a year. Um, and they flew her over to London for five days because I think Lucy Jones was sick, her cover was sick, everybody was sick. Um. So there were some stories like that pre-COVID, but now it feels like every week there's these stories of so-and-so's learning the part, someone that hasn't done the show in two years. It's just, it seems, it's at the minute, it's a lot, it's a lot. And I guess post-pandemic, the shows can't afford to keep cancelling because of illness. Mm. If the main person is off, they've got to find someone to make sure that yeah. show goes on. But then it's like, what's more cost effective to hire more people to cover your ass or to bring in people last minute? Yeah. It's one of those things, isn't it? It's tough. Um, and I, yeah, like I say, I think it is a, it's, it's a massive testament to actors as a profession to say, yeah, I've not done this role before. I'll earn it in four hours and go on and probably still smash it. Fair play, yeah. Absolutely fair play. Fair play. I would be doing it if I could. Do you know what I thought was very, very clever? Um, Hairspray at the Coliseum having off-site swings. Yes. I thought that was a brilliant yeah, idea. There I was remember about, that. They had off... They, I think they had maybe about five or Just six people. Just paid to sit home. Yeah, mm. five or six people that were off-site swings. I thought that was a brilliant idea. Though it, you'd feel... I feel like you'd feel quite isolated if that was if you were part of those group. Like, oh, you yeah. wouldn't feel part of the company. Oh, yeah. You'd just sort of be coming in and be like, oh, hiya, I'll yeah. see you again in six weeks. I guess it's a bit like off-board swings on cruises as well. Yeah. yeah. 
So, yeah, just interesting, isn't it? Well done. And uh, you can probably expect to see us in Heathers in a few weeks when they when they get down to uh, the bottom <laughs> bottom of the barrel and start calling to be us fair, up. I've seen it that many times. I think I could do it. <laughs> yeah. Give it a good run. Yeah, give it a good go. Now, I know we have got a few other topics that you both want to talk about. First of those being Funny Girl. I'm not too yes. clued up on this one, so I think I'll let Jordan and Abby take the lead on what you want to talk about about Funny Girl. Would you like to start or shall I? You go first. Okay, so to keep you in the loop, I'm sure most of you know anyway, Funny Girl has just came back to Broadway. It's the first revival they've ever had um, since the original in the 60s with Barbara Streisand. Um, apparently, there have been they have tried to revive Funny Girl many, many times, but the issue is, and I think this is the issue and why the reviews that have came back of this uh, current revival are so harsh, Barbara Streisand has kind of left such a shadow on that show that no one's ever going to live up to it. Unless you're Rachel Berry. Unless you're Rachel <laughs> Berry. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, there's been like three or four attempts to bring it back to Broadway, like over the years, and it just hasn't quite worked out. This time, all the pieces have came together and they have been able to bring it back. And it's Beanie Feldstein, who is Jonah Hill's younger sister, but she is... um. She was in uh, American Crime Story. Yeah. Um. She is in What We Do in the Shadows. Yes. Yeah. Now she I know um. I know and I didn't actually realize she had done theater before, but she was apparently in the um Hello Dolly revival in two thousand and I think seventeen that was. Um. So Beanie Feldstein is playing the part, but all the reviews have now came out, and I've read. I think I read about seven or eight reviews, and they have all pretty much said outright she can't sing it mm-hmm. and it's just that she can't sing it it's just not in her voice it's not in her voice um a lot of reviewers have said she's a very very careful singer um and like fanny is a very very big thing mm. um and i think the poor girl's probably terrified as well if you're going into that part not being primarily a singer it must be a very very scary task just, to take just so i can get it in my head is it do you remember the Donmar Warehouse production of Sweet Charity? Yes. Do you remember how the person that played Charity physically couldn't sing? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Is it sort of similar to that? It's not that she can't sing. It's just that I think it's kind of like a non-singer going into play Alphaba. Right. Yeah, it actually is quite a similar thing to Alphaba. Vo- Al- Fanny actually does more singing, I would say. But she almost needs to have like more color to her voice because she has three or four big belty numbers but then she has softer songs mm. fanny's a very very big thing and i think going into that show not being kind of a top class singer it's going to be a difficult task anyway and i think going into that show i think whoever was going to play fanny was going to be ripped to shit anyway because they're not barbara streisand they're never going to be barbara streisand and when you read the reviews the most brought up name is barbara streisand which it shouldn't necessarily be because barbara streisand isn't in this revival but it's all people seem to be able to talk about and i just think it was going to be a difficult task for whoever it was regardless of how good they were or not see that once again this is coming from somebody that admittedly doesn't know the show very well but that to me sounds like the critique of bad reviewers because I don't personally think if something it's obviously I know Barbara Streisand is iconic for that role, and it was in the sixties that it happened. Ninety percent of the people that are seeing this show 
will have never seen Barbara Streisand in that role. Yeah. And the only reason it's being brought up is because they are bringing it up. It's a lot of them were also critiquing, saying the show's dated, which obviously it is because it was yeah. in, it was in the sixties. Mm. But a lot of people were saying things like, "Oh, this show isn't actually as good as we thought it was. It was just because Barbara was so good in it." Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, it's it's an interesting one. Me and Abby talked about this briefly, but we both saw Sheridan Smith in it. Did mm-hmm. you see it West End? I saw um I saw the tour, but Sheridan was in it. And what was it you said, Abby, about Sheridan? Well, I said that I didn't think vocally she was a hundred percent on it. And I think it's such a hard thing. And also she was going through really difficult personal circumstances at the time. Mm. Um but her portrayal of the character was so spot on and fantastic. I just thought I loved the show and I thought I didn't care that her voice wasn't 100% hitting the top notes, clean belt and all of that, because I thought she was she was Fanny Bryce, she was the character, and that's what matters to me when I go to see a show. That's exactly how I felt with the Don Mar production of Sweet, of Charity, Sweet Charity, is that yeah. it almost added to it that she couldn't yeah. sing, because she yeah. was meant to be this like dark, kind of sleazy yeah. character. Yeah. And obviously we haven't seen this production, so we're not able to review it, but it does feel like... All of the reviews I've read have been very negatively focused, and that they haven't e- haven't said there's any positives. But all they've spoken about is the actress playing Fanny Bryce, and that she can't she can't sing, or yeah. she can't sing Fanny Bryce. Like I I saw um, Sheridan Smith in Funny Girl, and I loved her. I thought she was brilliant. And again, like I didn't walk out of there thinking, oh, Sheridan Smith is the you know vocally is right on par with Barbara Streisand. But the thing about it is, I feel like Obviously, people over in the UK, they know who Barbara Streisand is, but I feel like she's not kind of like in like in our blood the way she yeah. is in like she's for American like people. A, a bit of a gay icon in Britain, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. and I feel like... At a, at a push. Like yeah. a, it would be very... It's very like niche musical theatre for a UK um, theatre fan to have watched like the Funny Girl movie. Yeah. They're all very classic, so it would have been an older yeah. audience. And that like would apparently apparently British audiences are easier to please anyway. That's why a lot of shows prefer to start in London and then go 100%. to Broadway. Yeah. Um but I think Funny Girl was just it was gonna be easier to manage in London anyway because I don't think we hold Barbara Streisand as near and dear yeah. as kind of Broadway audiences do. But to take it to Broadway with someone that isn't like primarily a singer and like there is I understand what they're trying to do. They cast a real Jewish woman because half the storyline is how she's Jewish and has a big nose and she's kind of coming out of a, her community and stuff. So they've cast someone that is actually Jewish. They've cast someone that is curvier than what you would typically expect, like of an ingenue in a show. Mm-hmm. Um so I kind of understand what they were trying to do with casting. Um and again I obviously haven't seen it, so I can't give any kind of opinion on it but i just think it was going to be hard for anybody and if you do want us to see the show producers um <laughs> i know you've got the money oh. so yeah. i would love to see it because i like funny girl yeah, a lot really just like send us over private jet we, honestly we first class is fine um <laughs> just send us over we'll go and review the show tell you what if you get us over there we'll give it at least three stars 
You could get the Concorde up and running again and send us straight over. Yeah, yeah we'll be there in a couple of hours. Yeah, happy days. Easy. Back in time for lunch. Abby, there's a topic I know that you wanted to quickly uh, mention about Six as well. Yeah, so I saw, I think it was today, that um, Six announced that they have released a teen edition of the show um, to be used by amateur companies um, to put on their own version of Six. And it kind of intrigued me, started a conversation in my head about how shows are made more suitable for children, really, to be putting on and and what they would do with a show like Six to make it age-appropriate. Um, particularly with a character like Catherine Howard. I don't know Yeah, well, how that was the one that came to so mind. Yeah, once again, listeners, as you may have known by now, I don't know Six very well. What parts of six are there that you would consider not age appropriate for like a teen audience probably just her song i would say yeah which is which one it's a song the whole song is about basically men taking advantage of her right yeah um but other than that like i would say six is relatively clean like yeah and it depends if it because it's specifically classed as a teen version not a kids or a junior version yes, yeah it's probably it's, that's probably age. not too yeah tamed down yeah i would say whereas when you get those shows that are like we will rock you junior and schools mama yeah. mia or whatever something like that and obviously it will have been written to suit that so they will have they will have made edits and changed it yeah. but when i was doing amdram i don't think we did any like schools no. editions i think we just did literally the full production but yeah, we were yeah. saying how it's also interesting that you can get the rights. I know it's a different version of the show, but you can get the rights to shows while they're in, while they're still being performed in the West End. Yeah. yeah. It's very rare that you will see a current West End show release the rights for the first yeah. time whilst it's on. So it's, to be fair, I think that's personally, I think it's a step in the right direction because I've, I've never really got the, um, got the justification behind not sort of yeah, publishing shows that are on the West End. It. Because if anything, it's only going to further theatre. Yeah. Because, like, nobody is going... There's, there's no one at home going, oh, I'm not going to go and see the West End version because I've seen my local school yeah. do a production of it's it. It's marketing, if anything. Yeah, whereas they go, oh, our kids just did a fantastic version of Everybody's Talking About Jamie. Hmm. And I'm going to go and watch the real version to see what it's like. It's the same when they do those professional recordings. People are like, oh, it's going to put people off. And I just think, again, it's marketing. And it's, yeah. you know, it's, I think it's good. In a completely, kind of completely different, but slightly related thing. This is why um, there is a particular football fixture that is never allowed on television. So all of pretty much every other time slot in the in the week, you can have all of your football games on TV. But I think it's like the it's the twelve twelve o'clock kickoff on Sunday or something is not allowed on TV because for some reason when it was all announced and they were going to have TV you know Premier League games for the first time, they said, well, we think that it's going to stop fans coming into the arena. People aren't going to want to going to want to watch live football anymore. So they went right. We'll 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 uh, compromise one game a week won't be on TV to to make people go back into to go back into the arenas and that's that yeah. has stayed ever since about the 40s or 50s when it first came out so it's a sort of similar situation to that with cast recordings where i don't really think it makes sense i was going to say as well with cast recordings like there are some shows where we are due an update oh god yeah 
and like, I still can't believe they haven't re-recorded a Wicked album. Wicked, I was specifically yeah. thinking of. Like, I guess it would have to be an anniversary cast recording or something, maybe even a live cast recording yeah. for that to happen. But yeah, there are definitely shows, like long-running shows, where it would be nice to even just have a London cast recording of it rather than yeah. just a yeah. Broadway one. But then there's some shows that seem to do... There isn't where there isn't necessarily the need for a cast recording, but they do one anyway. One that yeah. one that springs to mind for me is that there is a Broadway and West End cast recording of School of Rock, mm. which I don't think is necessary. Lloyd Webber likes that though; he likes to do one for H. But there's shows like, yeah, there's shows like Taboo as an example, whereas they were like literally in London and on Broadway in the same year. Half the cast were the same, but there's cast albums for both. Mm. Things like that. I think there's about five Mary Poppins cast recordings. <laughs> yeah. Every time they bring, every time there's a revival, they do a cast recording. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. Whereas, yeah, I think I think the thing with Wicked though is that because you would need somebody big to be on it in the sense that like there's been so many alphabets. Yeah. Like you couldn't just you couldn't just have the current alphabet for the sake of it being the current alphabet. Yeah. Well or yeah that's why I thought maybe like an anniversary and I well, see I rem- they but Wicked did release a fifteenth anniversary album. Mm. And if you go on Spotify, like that's the album that's available now, but you would think they would do some kind of update. Yeah. But it, I think as far as I know it li- is literally just the original cast album with new artwork. Mm-hmm. And I was like, even if you were like Not to redo, if you were to do the normal cast recording, but then have like another alphabet thing to Van mm. Gravity, have someone do popular, you know, things like that. But so there's, about, there's also about 12 Little Shop albums as well. Yeah. There's a lot of Little, Little Shop, Shop albums. I like Wicked were doing um, these things for a while called Out of Oz Sessions, where they would do kind of more acoustic-y style versions of songs. So like Rachel Tucker and Aaron Tivette did one. Yeah. Um, Jennifer Nettles did like a country no good deed um, Fun. so they did that was nice because it was something a bit different um, but yeah I do think Wicked's kind of do a bit of a cast album update if you're listening if you're <laughs> listening yeah now we've got one last little topic to to sort of branch onto still theatre related but I want to ask you guys about your audition fits Okay. So uh, when you're <laughs> off to an audition, you are going to a movement call or you're going to a singing call. What is your vibe? Are you dressing for the show? Are you just dressing for comfort? Are you dressing to show off? I feel like this is something that I haven't quite got yet. Um, I guess it totally depends on what you're being seen for. Um, but I try to choose a so say if i'm going for a movement call something that's not just like plain black something that will make me stand out like a red top or i don't know just some patterned leggings something that they'll go okay that girl with the pattern leggings literally just so they can tell me apart from someone Mm. else um and then for a singing call i try to match the vibe of the song i'm singing more than the character but that's only really for the auditions i've had so far so Say if I was being seen for, I don't know, like Tracy in Hairspray, for example, then I would, I'm specifically being seen for a principal character. So I would dress in like a certain color that reminds me of that character or 
a hue of Tracy Turnblad into the into what I'm wearing so that I feel like I am the character. Um, but so far, for like a singing audition, I would kind of just match my outfit to the vibe of the song. Like if I'm singing like a pop rock song, I'd wear like a dress with heeled boots or something like that to kind of match them rather than wearing that and singing so- a song from Carousel or something. My vibe, I kind of wear the same thing. I have like two outfit. two go-to audition outfits um and half the time for dance calls it's the same unless they ask for form fitting which a lot of the time they do yeah which I, i'm not a big fan of because my vibe is more like oversized top and shorts and stuff um the only time i really go more specific is with facial hair so like i haven't yet been anything in for anything too specific but like for like i was in for a grease dance call and i shaved for that because i would presumably be in for a teenager Mm -hmm. similarly if i went in for book of mormon i probably would look a lot more clean cut same with jersey boys things like that so i think it's more like i focus more on grooming with certain shows yeah most of the time i can just relax and like have a bit of stubble you know do whatever but if i was in for a show where i would need to be younger or be a bit more clean cut again like Jer- guess, jersey boys book of mormon then i would do that yeah you can kind of compare that to like how i would do my face if i was going into an audition yeah yeah like yeah, if yeah. i was going for a cruise dance call i'd wear a full face with a red lip yeah if i was going in mm-hmm. for lame is or yeah. a play i would wear minimal makeup yeah yeah, yeah. and sort of have my hair there out is, my face there's a very fine line though isn't there between sort of like dressing appropriately for the show you're going for and being a bit too much. Yeah. Because what comes to my mind there is our Footloose audition day back when we were at drama school. Yeah. And every single boy that went in to try and be Ren came in with a white t-shirt and blue jeans on. Every boy that came in to play Willard had a plaid checkered shirt on. on. (laughs) Every girl had a denim dress or a little plaid thing on as well. And it looked so ridiculous it's like we'd all been sent a group email yeah looking <laughs> looking looking back on it it looked so ridiculous but at the time we were all like well, we've all got dressed for the part we've all got to look like we're, we're coming in for it and it's so funny to yeah look back i on. guess getting the right balance of a hint of like you don't want to you don't want to show up for you're not going in for heathers and you're going to wear a all, colored blazer yeah a colored blazer <laughs> and knee-high socks and a yeah. scrunchie in your hair because you just look mental i tend to just go very plain with everything to be honest mm. but that's your vibe in general yeah i like my favorite color to wear is gray jordan is currently wearing a gray plain hoodie gray and gray to i gray like shorts. plain i like simple because again i just think it's i prefer to go in and kind of just be like a bit of a blank canvas and then they can make up their mold from there you not find that maybe people might think you're forgettable if you're just plain well i don't know like if i'm i let my voice do the talking <laughs> I don't know, like, you're always taught, oh, wear colour, wear colour, but then, like, half the dance calls I've been to, everybody's in black. Mm. So I'm like, mm. I really don't, th- I, I think you're t- you're told a lot about clothing, but I, I think ultimately half the time it doesn't really, it really doesn't matter. Yeah. Really doesn't matter. And I think it definitely depends on the audition. I think, for me, I always have, like, a spare something in my bag as well. For like, if I, like I would just have blacks in my bag in case I go to the dance call and everyone is wearing a leotard and black tights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I wouldn't want to be, I don't know, I would feel weird wearing. The more stressful thing is shoes. Yeah. Shoes, especially with dance calls, shoes is the thing I stress about the most. 
Yeah, like with girls, if it says bring heels, you know you're going to be wearing heels for the dance call. Uh-huh. If bring do, train, do you bring, bring trainers, trainers as a man? Do you yeah. bring jazz shoes what as a man? Wear? Yeah, well, some, shoes. sometimes <laughs> they will specify. But then half the time you wear trainers. But then if you're in for a more dancey show, the presumption is that you would show up in like Leducas or jazz shoes or whatever. Um, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a weird one. I think shoes is a bit of a harder thing to get your head mm. around. And you don't really want to be carrying five pairs of shoes. Like yeah. you don't want to be bringing tap shoes, trainers, jazz shoes in your bag. Like yeah. you kind of just want to know. This is what but then in drama school, like for three years, you wear proper dance shoes and mm-hmm. then when you get to the end of third year they're like oh by the way you'll no. always just wear trainers yeah. and yeah. i'm like well had i known that i would have been wearing trainers for three for years time, you know yeah. because because you have i look back at photos of us you know in first and second year showcase and we're all wearing those little jazz plimsolls i haven't looks, worn jazz shoes since i left and it looks so silly yeah, yeah. Like, no one's ever wearing those on stage so why would you wear them in rehearsal yeah, strange, no isn't it? yeah right i think that'll do that'll do pig have we all recovered from the uh from the challenge yeah, yeah, I feel a fine. bit bloated, but I think the burps have passed now. <laughs> the, do you want us to? We'll give you a quick win. We'll turn you upside down and just shake, shake you by me. the legs. Yeah. Uh, Abby, since I'm talking to you, where can we find you on social media? You can find me on all social media platforms at Abby O'Neill seventeen. Jordan, hey yeah. Go on. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, Jordan E E Donnelly at Instagram and Twitter, and my TikTok is Jordan Donnelly ninety seven. Go follow Jordan for the rejection diaries. Do I have any auditions coming up? I don't. You'll be waiting a while, but yeah, hopefully. It's worth the wait. It's worth Uh, the wait, And me, Chesney, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at ChesneyFM, and you can listen to my Saturday morning breakfast radio show on Box Office Radio between the hours of 8 and 10 a.m. Yambo. You can find the Tight Lads podcast at tightlads underscore podcast. There, you will also find the link to our Tight Lads live tickets, which is very... Very exciting. Once again, 22nd of May. And you'll also be able to find the video of that Sprite Challenge coming up in a little bit on our TikTok, which is at Tight Lads Pod. And a little burp there to finish from A bit of a dribble. I lied. Are we all there? Are we all good? Yeah. We're there. We're everywhere. We'll see you there. I want to see the share show. That's the last thing I have to say. Yeah. We're going to go see the share show. But in the meantime... Stay. Stay.